Welcome to Rise and Shine, raw chats with real women in Australian small business. In each candid conversation with a small business owner, we'll explore the messy back end of business with heaps of golden wisdom to help you learn, grow and live your truth. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. I'm about to chat with Remy Audette from Sunday Best Digital. Remy leads an SEO agency that focuses on brand building, and she's all about getting your brand searched for, not just found. Always in my feed with the latest SEO knowledge, Remy and I are tackling all things AI, SEO, GSE, and whatever other acronyms we can find. Hey, Remy, you're always up on the latest uh, updates that Google throws down. How can you be so across everything? What do you do to get it all? So I follow a lot of... um really, you know, kind of well-known experienced people on LinkedIn. That's a great way to follow the SEO news because they're always talking about it. Um, I also read um, SEO blogs like Search Engine Journal or Search Engine Land, um, and that's a really good way to stay up to date with SEO. But also they talk about a lot of other marketing things as well. So you can kind of get across what's happening in the SEO world, but then also what's happening in the social media world and with content marketing. Um, so yeah, those are my two main sources. Cool. There's so much um, like SEO information out there and it's hard to know what's credible, what's kind of um, condensed because no one has time to read a lot of stuff that just goes on and on. So it's good to get your tips. Um, I also get emails from uh, SEMrush, I think it is. Um, and that's one of the reputable ones that I choose because I always call like I call who I follow on Instagram I call who I allow into my inbox I'm constantly doing it but they seem to be allowed to stick around <laughs> but yeah those are good ones to follow to to check out um so one of the most recent changes for Google in particular I mean I guess when we always talk about um SEO we always refer to Google but there are multiple search engines it's just Google is the most popular so it's what we talk about um and most of SEO best practice, I guess, if it works with Google, it'll work with whatever search engine anyone uses. But um, in particular with Google, one of the changes they've had lately is SGE, Search Generative Experience, another mouthful in the acronym land that we live in. <laughs> um, can you break it down for us? Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah, so Google Search Generative Experience is kind of a response to you know, chat GPT. And so basically what it is, is like a generative AI search engine. So rather than coming up when you search with, you know, 10 blue links, it's going to be more personalized, more rich. Um, they're going to be using machine learning algorithms to understand what you're searching for, what you've um, searched for before, what your interests are and deliver really um, relevant results. So the goal for them is to try and make it feel more like a conversation um, and rather than having to click through to websites for the answer, you will get the answer coming straight up in your screen. Ah, so we can be even more lazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I feel like Google does make it so easy for us to, like, not have to even lift your finger to click. Like, for example... You can see reviews from small businesses if you're searching for a particular product and you see the Google the Google business profile come up. You can see the review without even clicking. Yeah. So they make it, yes, so easy, I think, 
for us. But hang on, isn't ChatGPT um, like a text-based thing where you like, when you want content created, for example, you use it for that? How does Yeah, does so I think they were kind of um, concerned because with ChatGPT, you can actually ask it questions and it gives you back answers. And so they're kind of trying to um, compete with ChatGPT by providing you answers, but the answers are going to include images, they might include videos, they might include links to other websites, whereas ChatGPT can only provide answers from, um, firstly, it's only trained up to, I think, the end of 2021. So if something was to happen tomorrow, ChatGPT wouldn't know about it um, and it doesn't have access to the internet. So it can only answer you based on what it's been trained on. Whereas Google search generative experience is going to provide you um, better, more relevant answers in a way that's going to make it um, really easy and really, um, really good for you to, to digest. And so for small business, what does that mean with like the content that we create or like our websites now? Should we be, should we be making changes? What's, what's it going to look like? Yeah, well, it, it actually has the potential to really affect small businesses that rely heavily on organic search traffic. So um, with the new layout as well, a lot of the organic search results are going to be pushed down below the fold. So you're going to have to scroll to find those typical blue linked results. Um, even if your business does get featured in the search generative results, um, you'll find that because the information is getting sort of pulled from your site, people won't um, be clicking through. So we're, we already kind of saw that when it came to rich snippets where the answer, rather than having to click into a blog to find, you know, the top 10 editing tools for YouTube, it would just display on Google. So it could potentially impact organic visibility for a lot of small businesses, um, which is kind of worrying, but it's really important. That's why a lot of really good marketing strategists say that you shouldn't just be relying on one marketing uh, platform or one platform to get all your customers. You should have a holistic um, strategy. So if a small business does want to kind of start um, bracing themselves for this potential change, there are a couple of ways they can do this. Uh, the first is by um, embracing more conversational content. So the thing about search um, generative experience is that it enables users to ask specific follow-up questions and kind of acts like a conversation. So when small businesses are writing content, they should be really um, quite casual with their language and think about, you know, writing copy in a more conversational way so that when someone types something into the search bar, if their content is more conversational, that's probably more likely to get picked up than something that's really formal. Um, and then for other things, um, one of the really exciting additions to Google's search experience is the perspectives feature, which focuses a lot on um, specific experiences. And experience was added last year to Google's EAT um, guide, which is... Um, expertise, authority, and trust. And so they added experience. So sharing your perspective um, on your topic 
is going to be really important as well. We don't want to, you know, have really generic content. We want to embrace your distinctive voice and share content that shows off your opinion and shows off your personalised expertise. Yes, that is so good. I think um, like just for small business owners who have unpopular opinions, (laughs) like I do sometimes, or just have a different way of, of seeing things and doing things that's got to give them confidence to just be authentically who they are. Yeah, exactly. What about um, brands that don't have a casual tone of voice? If we need more conversational content that's kind of more natural and I guess laid back, how how are they going to do this? Well, I think it's still going to be really important to make sure that um, the information you have is very factual, sorry, factual, reliable um, and high quality. But I think rather than necessarily taking a casual tone of voice, it might be that they just go deeper into a topic and um, write content for some really niche um, questions that people might be asking. So, for example, the other day I was Googling something really specific about um, building a duplex in Melbourne and the one of um, a website came up and it was the perfect um the perfect blog article for me to read and focusing on those questions that, you know, you they might not be appearing in when you're doing keyword research or they might not even be appearing in the people also ask section when you're trying to decide what you're going to write about, but really thinking about your customer and what specific questions they may ask and then addressing those is also going to help um, you show up more in the search generative experience. Yes, that makes sense. So have you seen like a better version of this search of this SGE already? Yeah, so you can um, apply to sort of have a play around with it. It's very interesting. It's kind of like, it's almost like having, you know, Alexa or Google Assistant, you know, right in front of you on a screen. So it's very visual. Um, but there are still things that Google needs to work on. Um, I think it's quite slow. I've heard it's very, very slow. And sometimes the, um, you know, matching of the query isn't quite there. But overall, I think Google's going to probably work really hard on making sure it's really, really good because they don't want to lose market share to um, other platforms. Mm, That makes sense. Wow, it's going to change things significantly, I think. I think it's probably going to be like for small business owners who are just plodding along doing their thing, they're going to be maybe like stopped in their tracks and like, oh, my gosh, do I need a whole reset? Like what's what do I need to do here? Yeah, it can, it you know, any changes that happen, um, business owners always need to be on their toes. But I think as long as you're doing right by your customer and following the strategy that you have, um, whatever happens in the market, you'll be okay. You just have to sort of, you might have to adjust how you do something, but you should always know why you're doing something. Yes, that is so true because we often just kind of do things because you feel like it's the right thing to do or because everyone else is doing it, like starting a podcast or, I don't know, having an opt-in or, I don't know, making making a course. Like we often don't think about where that's going to get you and if that's, in alignment with your goals, right? Yeah. Um, what are, I think, like kind of in the online business world that we move in, there are so many bloody acronyms. <laughs> what other acronyms should we explore? Maybe 
I don't know, AI? <laughs> yeah, um, AI, very, very, you know, a hot topic at the moment. Yes, and I think when, like, AI is all around us in many different forms. I mean, Siri is AI, but, like, when ChatGPT, everyone always connects AI with ChatGPT as the number one, but there are so many forms of it. Um, I think when ChatGPT came out, many copywriters in particular freaked out that their jobs were on the line. But I don't personally think that's going to happen for SEO copywriters specifically. What's your take? Yeah, so absolutely everyone freaking out, but you only need to spend a few minutes on ChatGPT ask it a few questions before realizing that it's not going to replace your job. Um, I like to say that ChatGPT has the writing ability of a year 10 student because it's very, you know, classic sort of learning how to write um, habits it has and the language that it uses and um, just the way it speaks. It's very basic. I think, you know, those businesses that relied on, you know, having content writers just pumping out articles, they're the ones that will be most affected. But the copywriters and the SEO copywriters that have found a way to really integrate their client's tone of voice into their copy are not going to have much of an issue. I mean, even if you're asking ChatGPT to have a specific tone of voice, a lot of the times it's still way off. So I like to think of using ChatGPT as you know, providing a skeleton draft, maybe doing some audience research. Um, But in the end, there has to be a lot of human um, involved in actually editing it to get content that's actually going to be helpful and um, that people are going to want to read as well. Yes, and particularly when you think about what we've just talked about, the G-S-E-S-G-E. Did I get that the wrong way around? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, yes, how can you get something even if you brief ChatGPT as well as you possibly could, like really deeply, how could you create something in there and then hope to be seen in this new search um, SGE? Like that's, it's, it's, I think what Google is possibly doing is just reminding us that things have to come from humans because Absolutely. it's for humans. And I think ChatGPT is written by a bot for a bot. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's never going to... Um, take you where you want to go or give you the results that you want. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what about like AI for SEO in general, um, like as a whole? Because I think um, for people who haven't tuned into me and my soapbox before, um, I always remind people that SEO copy, what I do, is one part of a huge SEO picture. It's a vital piece and you need that to go anywhere with SEO, but there are other things you need to be doing to make sure you've ticked that whole SEO box, um, as people say. Um, so what effect do you think AI is going to have or is having for SEO as a whole? So I think it's going to be, um, it's definitely going to be harder to compete for more of those really general long tail keywords. Often long tail keywords are what SEO specialists recommend to try and target because they tend to be easier to rank for. But now that everyone has access to what essentially is just a really basic copywriter that it's free most of the time, um, everyone is pumping out all these really generic articles. And so relying on long tail keywords to rank is going to be a lot more difficult. 
Um, that's why leaning into your personal experience and expertise and being really niche with the topics you're addressing is going to be really um, helpful. I think also SEO agencies and specialists that have been relying on tactical knowledge are going to be in trouble a little bit. Um, But the ones that understand the strategy and understand how to integrate it with a wider marketing strategy are going to do really well because, you know, uh, ChatGPT is so basic and you could easily, you know, ask ChatGPT, like, you know, create an SEO strategy for me. But I've done that to test it. And even looking at that, there are a lot of things that are left out and you also don't know what you should be focusing on and what you shouldn't be focusing on. And so an SEO strategist is going to be able to tell you exactly what is going to move the needle for your business. And I guess that's exactly what strategy is. Strategy is a lot of knowing what not to do. Um, So I think that, yeah, people that have been relying on business owners not knowing SEO are going to struggle because people are becoming a lot more aware. But the people that have really, um, you know, SEO strategy expertise are going to find that um, it won't be affected at all. Okay. And what do you think are some areas where small business owners can harness AI, like ChatGPT as, as an example? How can they use it to get things done and, you know, streamline things and be more efficient, I guess? Yeah. So I personally love using ChatGPT to create briefs for blogs. Um, so doing keyword research on another platform and then briefing ChatGPT with, um, you know, the purpose of the blog, the keywords that you want to include, maybe even the subheadings that you want to include and getting ChatGPT to provide a really um, brief blog outline will help business owners know what they need to include in, you know, a really well-written blog topic. Um, So that's one way to do it. Um, And I also love using it for audience research as well. So asking ChatGPT, you know, if I was this person looking for this, what questions would I be asking? And that can help you start off your keyword research. It can help you start off writing a blog article um, and also using it for title tags and meta descriptions. So it is still very, I've had hit and miss results with asking ChatGPT to write titles and metas. Um, It tends to not understand the length. So, um, but you know, if you're struggling to write something, you know, getting ChatGPT to do that sort of first skeleton draft um, can definitely help you, um, yeah, get started and end up writing something that's really, really good. Yes, I agree. I am not into blogging. It's definitely not my zone of joy or my favourite thing to do. <laughs> but when I have had to do it, I, I have gone to ChatGPT, given it the brief, and then got, as you said, like the the foundation and like, it's kind of like when you write an essay, a blog, in a way. There's like an intro, yeah. there are the kind of arguments in the middle, and then a conclusion. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, ChatGPT can give you that structure at least, and then you can swap out the the shitty bits that are just rubbish and obviously not um, like no one would read. Like most of the stuff it yeah. writes, no one would actually read. Um, yeah, you can swap those out and put it in with your you know human driven copy. So I agree, it's got. Um, some some usefulness there 
um, time saving and it also gives you some ideas like some angles you haven't thought of before mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah so it does it, it, and also it's fun like for copywriters in particular <laughs> um yeah. like I play with it and I just sit there and laugh sometimes <laughs> Very entertaining, some of the answers it comes out with and even some of the writing and often you can tell when someone's just copied and pasted answers from ChatGPT because it's the same language that (laughs) everyone gets. It doesn't change it. There's always, you know, alternatively or moreover or, you know. It's so technical and, like, nobody wants to read that. Um, And also the thing that annoys me about it is it always capitalises like oh pennies. my god yes <laughs> and even if you say please write in normal case it still always capitalizes headings and blog titles and you know you can even ask it to um what is normal case and it'll tell you the right answer but it will still not write it so yeah that's something I'm still trying to figure out how can I get it to stop capitalizing every single letter Yes, and the reason that I hate that as a copywriter and as a, a marketing human is that it's so, like, when I see capitals in a headline or even in, like, a sub or anything through mm-hmm. the article, I'm like, this is just so cheesy. Yeah. I think it just makes me think of those, like, listicles or, like, yeah. that is such Very an awesome. icky term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, kind of spam, I think. So, yes, uh, small business owners, do not capitalise every word in your headlines is the <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you also, Remy, you are an SEO strategist as a female in a man boss industry. What is that like? Yeah, it's, um, I'm happy to say that the last couple of years, I've definitely gotten to know more female SEO specialists, which was great. When I first started, I didn't know anything. I mean, I joined an SEO agency and I was the only woman, which was great because I got my own bathroom. Um, but, but not, I've, I've found that, um, male SEO specialists, there has definitely been a trend in the type of SEO that they do. And it's very data driven, which is great. I, you know, I'm data driven as well, but I found that female SEO specialists tend to, um, they're able to think about the customer a lot. And, you know, Google has always said to focus on the customer first, but, um, you know, it has been that SEO specialists have been focusing just on how they can rank the quickest, you know, how they can get as much traffic as possible. Doesn't matter if the traffic is not even relevant. It doesn't matter whether that traffic's going to convert, Um, you know, changing websites purely for the sake that you know, they think that it should be 500 words long. So a beautiful website is butchered with all this ugly copy that isn't even tailored to the brand's tone of voice. Um, But I found that female SEO specialists are more aware of the customer. They're more aware of um, the brand as well. And so I've definitely found that being a female has been an advantage. Um, Although at the start, it felt like, you know, I was one of the only ones. And now I see so many amazing SEO specialists, SEO copywriters, um, technical SEO um, specialists, web developers that do SEO. And it's just really nice to have that female energy around because it was very SEO bro, you know, um, an SEO bro feeling for a lot of years. Yes. Good for you. I think there's... um. 
and like an enhanced focus. What a wanky thing to say, Rachel, an enhanced focus. <laughs> Just like more, I think, more general thinking about females, but like lately because of the Barbie movie. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's a topic. Um, yeah. So when I was thinking about what things I wanted to ask you about, I think it was on my mind. Um, yes, it's kind of to be a female and here and successfully doing what you do I think it's remarkable and it's worth talking about um this is a question you might not want to answer but do you like have you had to fight for your credibility because you're a female in this industry um I've never felt personally that I've had to I'm sure that a lot of women have had to I've been lucky enough that I haven't been around or I haven't allowed myself to be around too many SEO bros Um, and the male SEO specialists that I have been around are all very, they just love SEO. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, female, male, non-binary, they just want everyone to do well at SEO. So I'm pretty lucky in, um, in that respect, but I definitely on LinkedIn, it's like the wild, wild west. And you'll just see all these men arguing over, SEO things and I just prefer to take a step back and I'm always kind of waiting for the time when I post something about SEO and some SEO bro is just going to jump into the comments and start arguing um but thankfully that hasn't happened yet and I'm lucky because I've um kind of cultivated a SEO community where that's just not done and it's not tolerated yes good keep doing that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a few years ago you did leave I guess like the kind of corporate safety net of SEO jobs with roles with Kmart and Officeworks and you started out um, as a copywriter, SEO copywriter like me, right? And then you moved into um, having your own agency, um, SEO agency. So how did you know it was like time to move like from your nine to five to your own business? Yeah, so when I was working at the SEO agency, they actually got bought out by another agency and my role was made redundant and it was it really scared me um, because I've always relied on, you know, a job for security and I've never really, I had never really experienced anything like that before. I'd never been fired. I'd never been made redundant before. So it kind of was a wake-up call that you know, I couldn't rely on anyone else for a job. And so I started freelancing. And then soon after I found a job at Officeworks and I was part-time there in the SEO team and then part-time as a brand copywriter as well. And then eventually became full-time and then eventually took over the SEO lead role and was the only one managing um, SEO for Officeworks. Then I moved to Kmart and I was still through all that time, um, you know, freelancing on the side, growing my business, um, you know, more brand awareness around myself and what I was doing. And then I think like a lot of people during COVID, it sort of made me think that I wanted to be able to enjoy every day. I wanted to be able to control, um, you know, what I did. SEO in corporate is notoriously difficult because, especially at that level, because you have so many stakeholders involved, so many people touching the website you can have KPIs, but if someone decides that they're taking something off the website that can, you know, tank results. And I just really wanted to work with businesses that really needed my help and could really benefit from it. And also because I'd seen a lot of SEO agencies taking advantage of 
small businesses. I wanted to make sure that there was an SEO agency out there that wasn't going to do that, was going to be really transparent and also was started by a marketer because a lot of SEO agencies weren't started by marketers. They were started by um, mostly men that saw an opportunity to make money. And so because I'd worked in marketing teams and I'd had to, you know, Kmart and Officeworks were very brand led. I'd had to really focus on how can I integrate an SEO strategy into a wider marketing strategy and a brand strategy. I wanted to bring that same expertise to clients. So I ended up transitioning out from Kmart and I worked at Telstra in customer experience team and then got married and pretty much, yeah, quit my job and started Sunday Best full-time. Woo! I love that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Any business who works with you would be, is like absolutely blessed to have you because you are so like into what you do and you want to be doing this. You're not just a paid employee in a job because you need a job and it ticks some boxes like and you also obviously because you know yourself so yes good on you I love that <laughs> I feel like um small having your own business and moving in a small business world that we do allows you to just it's just like so freeing <laughs> because you are doing what you want to do for who you want to do it in your way and it's just the best <laughs> Yeah, it's, I like to say it's the best and worst thing I ever did. I mean, I absolutely love it. It's very exhausting. It can be really challenging, but I just can't imagine going back. I'm unemployable now. I've seen what it's like on the other side. I cannot go back. And I mean, it is risky being in business for yourself, but you can be made redundant at any time. And I learned that. So yeah, I definitely would rather have control over that and and work for myself than perhaps rely on someone else yes I was made redundant too and it makes me think um and that was kind of the the launch pad I guess <laughs> it was a gift I turned it into a gift because I made yeah. it a launch pad to start my own business um I wonder how many other females in particularly in service businesses um have had redundancy as a trigger would be an yeah. interesting stat <laughs> yeah, very interesting um before we finish are there some small business brands who are nailing their SEO that we can look to as as examples? This is a really difficult question to answer because if you're doing really well at your SEO, you tend not to be a small business. So Mm. that's the power of SEO and organic search. So, you know, whenever I'm thinking of, you know, a few years ago, new businesses that had just started and I think, yeah, they were doing the SEO really well. They're massive now. Bed threads, um, you know, go to skincare, tribe skincare, all of those types of businesses that really lean into creating that helpful content. Um, Adore Beauty as well. Like they're not small businesses, but they once were. And really, because of SEO, they've, and obviously all their other marketing activities, they've become really big. The only one I can think of. And I'm a bit biased is um, Tot Hot or Not. It's a blog by um, my friend Joyce. And I was lucky enough to work um, with her in creating, you know, briefs for the articles that they write. And it's very SEO optimized. There's a great SEO process that, um, you know, we followed to ensure that, you know, they she got more visitors to the website. It's this amazing um, blog for child-friendly activities, accommodation and things in Melbourne. 
Um, so that's the only sort of smaller business I can think of because, you know, whenever a business is done really well with SEO, they tend to grow really, really big. Wow. So keep plugging away with your SEO people (laughs) because it can take you skyward. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, where can we go to find you online, Remy? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Sunday Best Digital. You can visit the website sundaybestdigital.com.au or find me on LinkedIn. My handle is uh, Remy Audette. And yeah, I love chatting SEO. I love chatting about marketing and business ownership in general. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Thanks, Remy. You are so awesome. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Please leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave, business-minded women like you. You can find me online at shinecopy.com.au.